Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Teacher Cast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making Teacher Cast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 243. And today we're going to be piggybacking on last week's episode where we learned a little bit about this thing called a digital learning curriculum. And today we're going to figure out how we're going to build that. But the catch is, my friends, how do we build that into our core subjects? You see, many school districts out there are building their digital learning curriculum. They're figuring out where they're going to teach things. But there's this huge separation between technology skills and like science skills or technology and digital citizenship and, you know, English. Today, we're going to talk all about putting these things together. My guest today is our returning co-host. I want to bring on today my good friend, Miss Barb Scully. Barb, how are you today? Welcome back to Ask the Tech Coach. Hi. Yes. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here. Excited, as always, to be collaborating with you on such important topics. Um, So, yeah, I am a high school family and consumer sciences educator in the state of Washington. um, And not just family and consumer sciences, but I am passionate about career and technical education, CTE, which is how this topic is so near and dear to my heart. Exactly. We've been talking a lot behind the scenes, even for the last couple of days, of like how does digital learning curriculum tie into CTE classes? Can we do this in our home ex, in our cookings, in our auto shops, in our metal shops, in our technology labs? But also more importantly, how do we teach all these things so that way they integrate seamlessly into your Englishes, your sciences, your STEM classes? Everything in here should be blended in so that way there is a spot for students to learn the skills explore the skills but then use the skills right like i see a lot of times and barbara i'm sure you might too where you know maybe a library media specialist is doing okay i'll go to go completely general here typing but then when they get to their core subjects there's no typing at all maybe not the best example but you get it you get the concept right like these things should be created at the same time so that way as maybe the lms is doing this skill There's a reason for it in the classroom. What do you think? There should always be a reason behind everything that you are doing in your classroom. Uh, From identifying to developing to executing, there should always be some reason, (laughs) your anchor (laughs) to to promote the reasons of your why. Uh, just like what I always tell my students when it comes to, uh, like I taught financial literacy. So when it comes to financial literacy, we all, all of us are dealing with money and, and currency in some sort of way. You want to know how your money is impacting what you can buy. So the reason 
why we it is important to understand financial literacy is so that way you could be a f- smart financial consumer. And I'm sure there's a reason why you're teaching financial literacy at that particular time. I mean, you're not going to do a financial literacy course in, say, fourth grade. They don't have the math skills. They don't have the, you know, the, the need to be doing all that stuff. You're, you're bringing in, you're introducing that course at a relative point in the student's life where they're learning those math skills or after they've learned those math skills. And today we're really putting these things together. Now, if any of these topics resonate for you, maybe something in our previous episodes have said to you, this is kind of interesting. How do I learn more about it? Well, don't forget that you guys can always reach out to us and head on over to askthetechcoach.com. Head on over to the bottom. We got some amazing professional learning networks for you. Our biggest one, of course, is over on Facebook. You can join more than 1,500 instructional coaches to learn all about how you can integrate digital learning skills into your curriculum. But if you're looking for something that's a little bit more admin-focused, a little bit more digital learning leader, you can head on over to either k12leaders.com and search for our instructional coaches group or you know what we've started to build one on linkedin we've got a couple hundred members already and we are starting to create a nice little niche for ourselves on these three platforms come on over and join us today check out all the great blogs podcasts and free downloads over at teachercast.net and you can head on over to askthetechcoach.com for all of those great things now barb this is not an easy thing i've talked to many coaches about this And I've talked to many coaches who have said, it's easy to teach, it's easy to work with certain teachers, but then to bring this into the classroom and bring this into the curriculum, that's where sometimes a coach needs like administrative support or teacher backing or those, you know, building of relationships. This isn't one of those things that a coach just walks in on the first day and says, we're changing the entire thing K to 12, is it? No, my goodness. It when we are changing we're changing the classroom and the structure by in having coaches integrate with our classroom teachers. We're just building a stronger collaborative network. One of the things that we want to keep in mind and, and you know we we you know we talk a lot about this bar but it's about making sure that we're looking at digital learning and digital learning education with the right words. And many people say, I'm going to do science and I'm going to use technology, or I'm going to do math and social studies and I'm going to use technology. But it's not the word and that we want to be using, is it? What what words should we be using? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, And it should just be integrating digital technology with Absolutely. I think with is the key word right there because we are we're a digital a digital citizenship, digital learning, digital. Um, uh, I'm I'm blanking on the word, but uh, it want- is there to support. It is there to help and promote the growth. We want our students to be able to demonstrate their effective use of their computer uh, computer software skills, system skills, whatever it is, that copy and paste, drag and drop. We want students to be able to demonstrate those, those skills at each level, you know, grade level. 
those standards using it the word with using the word through you know anything like that that says this is the conduit from which the learning is going to be i think if we use the word and it's a it's a it's an extra right mm-hmm. it's it's the burden i have to teach a lesson and i have to do digital citizenship i'm going to teach this topic and i'm going to use a chromebook but when we look at with when we look at through it's oh that's you know I'm going to I'm going to clean up my room. I'm going to use a vacuum. The vacuum is the device which helps me <laughs> clean up the room, right? Like it's yep. all here. It's not I have to clean up my room and I have to vacuum. Like that's two different things, but if I'm going to achieve the goal of a clean room through the use of the vacuum, okay, where's the vacuum and how do I get started? Yep. Well, I guess we have to go back to our question of the week, and that is, how do you build standards-based digital learning skills into core curriculum subjects? And I love this topic. And over the last couple of days, I've done a lot of research on this. I've been writing about this for the book. And, you know, are we building a curriculum? Are we building a course of action one of the terms that i've seen very popular here is scope and sequence and i think no matter what you call it i think we can all argue there are some differences in each of these different terms but if we start looking at things like digital learning scope and sequence technology scope and sequence we can really figure out when skills should be learned and why they should be learned at these times. So there's a couple of different things that we can do in order to build this. And I, and you know, it's easy for coaches. And we said this last week, it's easy for coaches and teachers to be thinking about today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day. But I really do think if you're going to do this the right way, it should be thinking more second grade to third grade to fourth grade. And then you go macro or so then you go micro into the, you know, what are the September skills, the October skills, the December skills. So what are some of the first things that we want to do when putting something like this together from the district level, from that very, very macro level, Barb? Well, you want to create major categories of digital learning topics, uh, such as those technology skills, uh, digital learning literacy skills, device skills, uh, research skills, the citizenship that we really uh, hit home last week on. And of course, something near and dear to my heart, social and emotional learning. Those things all come together. And all of these within itself are categories but all of these are that bucket of digital learning, right? Mm-hmm. Social emotional does have a digital component to it. And I, I will take a step back on that, but there is a component to that. You know, research skills, device skills. When we're saying things like device skills, what is an example of that? Like I'm looking at Chromebooks and stuff. Like how how do you how do you break down Chromebook skills, iPad skills? How do you do, how do you break down Chromebooks into like individual skills? Because that really is that next step. Once we figure out the big categories, we want to break that down into little things. So give me some examples of device skills that we might want to be uh, thinking about teaching our students. Well, oh, gosh, I can tell you right now from my experience as a parent through COVID, my son go new fresh into sixth grade which in my community that is he's now bumped up from elementary to middle school he did not have the photograph skills Mm. and 
So he is now in sixth grade. School just started. It's all online because that's what we did during COVID. And he's he figured out how to do all the modules and do his assignment, which was paper. He had to do his assignment via paper. But then he had to take a photo using his Chromebook and upload it. He did not have that technology skill, that device skill. And I didn't, as a parent who is solely focused on trying to figure out what the heck I was doing as a teacher, I didn't know where his own skills were at that particular time. It wasn't until like uh, several weeks when I did a inventory check on each of my kids and he, my son started like, huh, I'm not, my grades aren't doing so great because, and he explains and by then he's like, but I do the work and I'm like, okay, let's, let's go, let's figure it out. Let's look, see what you got. I email all of his teachers and then I see where the disconnect was. And immediately we were able to troubleshoot that together where me as his mom, I was able to help him understand how to use the camera on his device. One of the things that I look forward to every year is trying to figure out where the big pillars are, Microsoft skills, Google skills, iPad skills, Chromebook skills. And when I started teaching middle school a few years ago, I went out and I found the holy grail of Google skills, which is, I'm going to generalize this, but I love the guy. This, you know, the Eric Kurtz do, uh, document of how do you pass the Google level one test and the, and, the, and the document of how do you pass the Google. And all you have to do on Google is search up, you know, Eric Kurtz level one Google test. And he's got these amazing PDFs of all the different skills. This is the stuff that we're trying to talk about. How do you break down using a Google Doc, using a spreadsheet, using Google Slides, using email? All of that stuff is broken down for you. And it's just a matter of when do we teach that stuff, right? When are we going to be teaching typing? When are we going to be teaching collaboration, sharing on a doc? Um, when are we going to teach not to share on a doc? I think you said last year or last week, you know, the whole digital citizenship stuff really is that whole ethical issue. Like just because you can doesn't mean you should. Now, a lot of this stuff for our audience is pretty self-explanatory. Digital literacy, technology, research. But I know you love this topic. Talk to us a little bit about how do you break down social emotional learning, maybe from an elementary, middle, high school point of view. Yeah. So when it comes to social and emotional learning skills, there are, so these are the uh, five uh, five areas of digital citizenship dispositions. You have self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making skills. So when it comes to digital citizenship, for self-awareness, understanding online cues, identifying red flag feelings when using technology, and reflecting on how social media impacts personal identity. And I think for a lot of us who use social media, we know when there is hate being spread. Uh, there are those online trolls who, <laughs> there are keyboard warriors. They won't tell you to your face, 
but they will write a nasty comment. So reflecting on how social media impacts personal identity is huge. Uh, then let's think about self-management. So and that's where exhibiting media balances and or self-discipline, uh, managing one's emotions around media. Again, let's talk about those trolls, keyboard warriors, and or setting goals to achieve a healthy media balance. Maybe that's where you are putting a timer on your phone to remind you, okay, it's time to take a media break. Then let's go over to responsible decision-making when it comes to digital citizenship. That's where, hey, how about developing curiosity and open-mindedness? Uh, evaluating the positive and negative impacts of being online and or using technology responsibly to promote personal, family, and community well-being. So with all of that, you are that's where you're do, using this as a research method. And this is where maybe we could go back to our uh, digital media libraries who they're the ones helping out in that area. Then we have relationship skills, and that's where maintaining healthy relationships when communicating online. And we all communicate online through personal chats or emailing uh, or within your own maybe teams or um, Google chat. You're chatting, you're using online methods of communicating. How about de-escalating digital drama? And again, this goes back to those keyboard warriors. Is that where you just ignore and walk away? Or do you have to actually have a sit down conversation with the student and talk things through? And supporting peers if they're experiencing cyberbullying. And unfortunately, this is how most bullying methods happen. Finally, then there's social awareness and that is taking others' perspectives showing concerns about others and identifying the norms of their online communities, including unjust ones. So these are just some actionable steps of identifying social emotional learning and digital citizenship. I'm sure if you're listening to this, maybe you're driving, maybe you're at your office, you're asking yourself like, what does this look like? What does this scope and sequence look like? And if I can, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll try to put an example in the show notes under Ask the Tech Coach episode 243. But if you think about this as a spreadsheet, you know, on the left side, you've got what the major category is, whether it be research or digital citizenship or what have you. Maybe as you go a couple of columns to the right, you've got the standards that these align to, whether it be your ISTE standards, maybe your AASL standards, uh, maybe core curricular standards. You've got another column for exactly which skills are being done. So in other words, the boxes within the box. And then all the way to the right, you've got, you know, K1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And essentially under those columns, you've got things like introduction, reinforcing, mastery, building, proficiency, whatever the rubric is that you want to use. But these are very basic roadmaps, scope and sequence roadmaps that are going to help give that bird's eye overview. Now, Barb, let's have an argument for a second here. Because, I'm not that argumentative, though. So, well, <laughs> you know, many school districts try to figure this out. And 
the question always comes in, who should be introducing these skills? Who should be teaching these skills? And for some, uh, teachers may think, hey, I want to bring in a technology skill. Let's bring in the instructional coach to teach these skills. Not a problem. Not something I'm necessarily for. Not something I'm necessarily against. I don't know if that's the place for the coach to come in and be the one to teach. Love to know if you're listening out here what your thoughts are. Um, I've always been of the uh, opinion, Barb, that the coach should be helping the teacher bring these skills in rather than the coach walks in and teaches that for the teacher. Yeah, and I actually agree with you. I'm sorry, I can't have an argument on this one. Um, I believe that the teacher... I think this also, this goes back to our teachers proficient in the use of technology and teaching learning environment. I think the, to measure proficiency is the form of performance measurements. Uh, So based off of just ISTE and standards for like basic endorsement of educational computer and technology literacy, I think it's important that all teachers are proficient when it comes to digital skills. But we all need to have that digital uh, digital coach to come in to measure, to make sure that we are doing our due diligence when it comes to teaching these skills. And, and if it works that way, this now gives the teacher a reason to lean on the coach, right? Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. the coach is looking at this whole document that they've had a hand in creating and saying, my fourth grade teachers need to be teaching these skills. Do they have those skills to teach? Do they know how to do these? Do they need activities for these particular? Like, now the coach has a reason for existing, Now the teacher knows what the reason the coach has for existing. I know that as a fourth grade teacher, I'm doing this social studies lesson and it's got to be this lesson plan. And these are the activities, the technologies, the application, whatever it happens to be. That's the reason why the coach is here. Not because I need somebody to change the light bulb on my smart projector. Yeah. And well, you also have to go back to standards. They are valuable in assessing technology integration to that provide those reference points for measurements. So rubrics or lists of authentic and observable performances that demonstrate the use of technology in whatever context that it is. You know, standards set measurable goals for technology integration. They do not assign value positions to the result. So the issue would be integration Integration relates to links between technology adoptions. So observable behaviors can be used by schools and districts and personnel to think about what to measure and, to, and what considerations uh, of what to measure in terms leads to thinking and about how it measures it. So if by creating something like this, this scope and sequence, this roadmap, this this curriculum of K-12 knowledge for students and teachers, you now have a better understanding for what your role is as an instructional coach. So 
what is the role of the instructional coach, right? And this is where you use your coach as being the one that is bouncing around between your third grade, your second grade, your fourth grade, your administrative room, your library media center, all of these different places. This is where you look and say, well, if fourth grade is doing X using these technologies, then the instructional coach should also be working with the library media specialist to introduce those things. So that way they have a complete backpack, if you will, of how do you teach typing and then where does it belong in, in the real world? How do you teach uh, coding skills? And then where does that belong in the real world? How do you teach social and emotional skills? And then where do you bring that in, in the real world? That way you've got this complete K-12 project here. Now, I keep talking about the fact here that it's K to 12 and you might be out there listening going, okay, I get this. How do I break this down next week? Barb, we're going to be talking a little bit about this in even greater detail. And we're going to try to figure out what does this look like in elementary? What does this look like in middle school? And what does this look like in high school? Trying to figure out how do we make all this vertically aligned so that way it does go into everything. And by the time you get done your elementary grades, all of your kids have a set standard uh, and a set number of skills. And by the time they reach high school, everybody has a set skills. And what are those? I, I have this feeling that it really can be simplified into like four boxes and four major categories. I'm I'm going to use that as a teaser for next week. So you got to come back and we talk a little bit about this in a little bit more greater detail for episode number 244. But Barb, I really do think this is important. I know this isn't the most exciting topics in the world. We could be talking about chat GPT here, but chat GPT really means nothing if we don't know where we're using it, if we don't know where we're introducing it, if we don't understand how we're going to get from that introduction to those real world applications. Ooh, ooh, and I even need to, you bring up chat GPT. That is, how about social and emotional learning? You know, that is one of the core areas of, what was it? Uh, uh, oh, relationship skills and mm -hmm. social awareness. So, and or responsible decision-making, it falls under three of those major umbrellas when it comes to social and emotional learning. So that is a huge topic all within itself for a later date. It all fits together. It is all part of this digital citizenship, digital competency, digital literacy, circle of life that we've been discussing here. All of this stuff we're actually putting down in pretty detailed notes over in our show notes. So you can find out more information. Check out all the great links over at askthetechcoach.com. This is episode number 243. And, you know, we're in the middle of writing all of this stuff down for a book that we're in the middle of writing. It's coming out hopefully uh, end of this year, maybe next year. Um, but if you have any questions about any of this stuff or would like to be a part of a book, I actually just released uh, some chapters over the last couple of days to some people to check it out, to edit. Um, currently looking for editors of the book, uh, teachers who will be willing to check it out and, and provide a little bit of feedback. 
but also looking for some coaching stories. If you're a coach, if you're a digital learning leader and would like to contribute, share your stories about any of these topics and more, would love to have you. Please feel free to reach out on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach or head on over to askthetechcoach.com. Would love to have you be a part of this journey. I'm looking forward to finishing up the book and looking forward to sharing it with the world. Barbara, I got to say thanks one more time for being my wingman on this. Where can we learn more about the great things that you're doing? And uh Tell us a little bit about how we find that podcast of yours. Yeah, you can find my podcast, connectfcsed.com or just connectfcsed on any of your favorite streaming applications. All you have to do is, again, type in connectfcsed and my face will pop up and We've been having a lot of really great conversations as well, talking about, yeah, yes, family and consumer sciences education, but a lot of it has been really more open to CTE, career and technical education. I have an epi- uh, a recent episode on just what we talked about earlier today on chat GPT and artificial intelligence, AI. So a lot of exciting stuff going on over on that podcast, along with amazing resources and amazing collaboration efforts going on there. So head over to that area to like, subscribe. I would love to have, I would love to have you, Jeff, and or anybody on the Coaches Network to to join me. I think it would be a great conversation because we are all trying to prepare our students for later life successes. Couldn't agree more. And don't forget to check out all the great stuff that Barb's doing and all of the things that we're doing over here on our Instructional Coaches Network. And that wraps up this episode of Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 243. On behalf of Barb and everybody here on TeacherCast, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.